welcome to today's episode of The Shift, a place where remnants are empowered to shift our culture under the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. A remnant is a small remaining quantity of something. God is searching for his remaining anointed remnants, remnants committed to pursuing his will, no matter the cost. Join us as God gathers his people to shift our spheres of influence to spark a revival, one remnant at a time. Welcome to The Shift. This is Katrin Valencia, and I'm really excited to bring today's podcast that's called Lonely Troublemakers. And we'll get into the reasoning behind that, but I'm just really sensing that there are people out there right now at the sound of my voice who are in a season of loneliness. And everything around them, they're, they're, they're seeking God and they're, they're asking for words and they're just in a lonely, lonely spot. And so I really, I want to just speak a word into you today briefly. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, it says this, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. So it's our role as believers to earnestly seek spiritual gifts. And it says this, but especially that you may prophesy, especially that you may prophesy. For though for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. And I believe that there are many people out there right now who have the gift of prophecy and they are in a lonely, lonely place. And we're going to study a prophet who was in a lonely place. And I, I think that this is is a very, very typical and normal thing for those who have the gift of prophecy. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you don't feel like you have the gift of prophecy, the Bible says to earnestly seek his gifts. And that was one of my early prayers. God, I want your gifts, not for me, but to glorify you and to edify those around me, to speak words of knowledge into people that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. God, may, may, may when I speak, this was my prayer, God, when I speak, that your words would come out of me, not my words, because I'm all messed up and I got a lot of junk in me. But move Move my junk aside so that you can come forth. And so that should be every believer's prayer. God, give us prophetic words for your people, especially, especially for right now. Our world is ripe for words from the Lord directly from the throne. And so every believer right now should be praying for prophetic words for the church, for prophetic words for the lost, for prophetic words for those who are bound in addiction, for those who are bound in depression. And when you have that gift of prophecy, unfortunately, loneliness comes with it. And I really just want to speak to that person who feels like they have a huge call on your life. The 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 weight and the burden of the call on your life it's it's overwhelming at times. And you're like, God, how can I get there? How? But here's the thing. Before God launches you, before God propels you into the place that he calls you, there is a season of loneliness. I believe that. I went through it myself. And so here I want to I wanna share with you uh, about Elijah. 
Okay, we all know this story, um, but I want to I want to just share and impart a word a word to you. In First Kings eighteen seventeen, it says this: When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, "Is this you, you troubler of Israel?" In other places, it calls it says, "Is this you, you troublemaker?" And so Ahab, um, let me give you a little backdrop. Elijah, in the verse before. Um, had said that it is only going to rain at the sound of my voice, at his prophetic word, that it is only going to rain when Elijah says. And then when you look in verse 18, one, it says, now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. So they have been going three years without rain. It was a drought, okay, a physical drought and a spiritual drought because Jezebel, Ahab's wife, had been killing prophets. So a, so Elijah, when we get to this verse, he's going, the Lord told him, go see Ahab. Okay. So he goes three years in all the prophets have been killed. He is going into a dangerous, he is literally going into the enemy's camp. And when, when Ahab saw him, he said, is that you troubler of Israel? Oh, that I may be called a troubler for the Lord. Oh, that I may be called a troubler for Jesus. Oh, yes, it's lonely, but God, may I stir up trouble, not trouble in, in, the, in a bad sense. Oh, but God, trouble in the kingdom of Lord. May I stir things up. Then in verse 22, it says, then Elijah said to the people. So, so, so here, after he went to Ahab, after Elijah went to Ahab, he, he basically calls him out and says, okay, let's put your God and my God to the test. We all know the story, your God and my God to the test. And then let's go to Mark Carmel and you call on your God. I'll call on my God and let's see whose God answers. And then it says, then Elijah said to the people, I alone and left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. You may feel all alone. Elijah was all alone. He was this prophet. And the Lord told him, go to the mountain so that I may be glorified. And then it says, then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And then we know the story, the, all the, all the, um, they got the ox, they put it on the altar and, and they were calling out to their Lord. Nothing happened. They're screaming, crying, worshiping. They're even cutting themselves. I mean, I, I could just see they, the, the, in my head, just how idiotic they looked. Right. And then it came to Elijah's turn and he prepared it. He, he, he cut wood. He got an ox. He, he poured uh, four pitchers of water and he, he created these trenches. And there was, I mean, it wasn't just an altar. It was like an altar that was impossible to catch on fire. Okay. Wet wood does not catch on fire. It does not burn. Okay. And so here in, in uh, 18 verse 36, Elijah prayed, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord. Okay, it didn't happen until he prayed, until he was obedient. He was obedient and he showed up and he prayed and he asked the Lord to do it. Then the fire of God fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Okay. Powerful, powerful story. Okay. Not a story, a truth of reality of, of God showing up and showing out and being glorified. And then what happened after that, he went and ran. 
Okay, he went and ran Elijah after he encountered that after he saw a mighty move of God in the next chapter, verse 19, three, it says he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. Here we find Elijah after a powerful prophetic word to, to God's people. He is sitting under a juniper tree, suicidal, okay, suicidal, asking, can I die? Then he skipped down to verse eight. It says, so he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of the Lord. Because here it was the angels, when he was sitting under that juniper tree, he was getting hot. He was getting tired. He was physically tired and angels would come and feed him, literally feed him manna. They would give him food. They would feed him. Okay. So he, after he got some of his strength back in verse eight, he said, it says, so he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb the mountain of God. All right. So he, he's 40 days, 40 nights eating food from angels. It says this, then he came there to a cave and lodged there and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here? Elijah, my lonely troublemakers, lonely prophets. Some of you are in caves right now. And the Lord is saying, what are you doing here? What are you doing in a cave? What are you doing in a cave? You don't belong in a cave. He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I alone am left and they seek my life to take it away. Isn't that the world we live in? I mean, look at, look at our world. Look at, look at what's going on in, in, our, in our politics. Look at what's going on in, in, in the churches even. Look at what is going on, the deception and the anger and the rage and the hatred and the hypocrisy and the deception, all these things that are going on. And you're like, God, I'm seeing all these things and, and I feel alone. He says, I am alone and left. Maybe you're the only one, the only one. And, and I keep hearing this word, remnant. God is looking for a remnant. A remnant is something that is left behind, a small portion that's left behind. Maybe you're the only one at your church. Maybe you're the only maybe maybe you're the only one at your job. Maybe you're the only one in your family. I'm here to tell you you may be alone, but you keep seeking the Lord. You keep seeking the Lord. And then listen to what happened. So he said, go forth. God said this. This is what God said when he found himself in that cave and he was alone. And he's like, God, I, this is too hard. This is too hard. The, 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 the forces against me are too hard. Everything coming at me. I'm, I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling worthless. I'm feeling like, man, God, I know I have a call on my life, but, but this is too hard. Like, I, I don't give me some answers. Speak to me. And, you, and, and you're just in this cave and you're alone and you're feeling like, uh, you're feeling lost and you're feeling forgotten about whatever the case may be. You're in this cave. And God said to Elijah, he said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passed by and a great strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. Okay. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. 
okay, there's wind, there's breaking mountains, there's earthquakes, there's fire. It's crazy. I started thinking about this. The Lord was in the fire the chapter before, right? He, he, he came down in fire. The Lord was there in the fire. Then he's in this cave, all this commotion and all this stuff. So the, the Lord can speak in a thunder. The Lord can speak in a fire. The Lord can speak in an earthquake. But here when he's alone and it's just him and the Lord, he's not speaking like that. It says, after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. Other versions say a wind, a gentle whisper. That's what it says, a whisper. Okay. When Elijah heard it, when he heard this gentle wind, he wrapped his face in the mantle, in his cloak, and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here? So what is God whispering? What is God whispering to you? See, Elijah, when the Lord told him to go to the, to, to stand at the mountain, he could have stayed in the cave, but he was obedient. He went out. And if you, if you research, if you really know uh, what the cloak meant, okay, the mantle, when he was in the cave, he had his mantle off. Elijah had his mantle off. Now the mantle represented a lot of different things. It represented um, protection from the elements, right? So it's cold. It's kind of like a coat and you put the mantle on, then it protects you from the elements. But a mantle was a physical outward expression that you were a prophet. Okay. So when you, when you put the mantle on, it was as if you were saying, I accept this assignment. I accept the calling of being a prophet. And when Elijah was in the cave, he had the mantle off. Okay. And then it says that when he heard the whisper, he put the mantle over back over his head. So when he heard the voice of the Lord, when the Lord uh, just confirmed to him, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. He put the mantle back on and he accepted the assignment. Okay. So I don't know what assignment God has given you. I don't know. I know. I don't know. But I know it's big because I know we serve a big God and I know it feels impossible because we serve a God of the impossible. I know it's a lonely place, but I know that God will meet you at the mountaintop if you press in, okay? And he is looking for his remnant. He is looking. And so when I when I started researching the word remnant, because it's just, man, sometimes I just feel, I feel like, God, am I the only one? Am I the only one? And it can feel lonely, okay? Listen to this in Ezra. Ooh, this just, this... Oh my goodness, the other day I was reading this and the, I mean, I just keep reading it over and over and over. I'm like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And I, and I want to read to you, actually, let me flip over here. I want to read to you um, the, the intro in my Bible to Ezra. I have an inductive Bible and it says, um, every seventh year, the land was to lie fallow. This was God's ordinance to his people, part of his holy law by which they were to govern their lives. However, for 490 years, God's people had not paid attention to this statute nor to others. The land had missed 70 Sabbaths. Okay, so every, get, get the picture. Every seventh year, your land was supposed to rest every seventh year. That was, that was a law. That was a commandment for every seventh year. But there was rebellion. God's people didn't pay attention to it for 490 years. So if you do the math, 490 years, that's 70 Sabbaths of the land, the rest that they miss because every seventh year they're supposed to. And so, and, and then if you read the book of Ezra, the, the priests and the prophets, there was just so much going on in the church and the world. It was just, it was, um, just not, it kind of reminds me of what we are today, right? Of, of just chaos. And 
this is a story about the remnants returning from the land of exile to the land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, okay? An everlasting possession, all right? And Ezra tells us what happens in that. Ezra tells you. And so this remnant, right, in this in this world where everybody's breaking these these rules and these laws and there's just no order there's no absolutes which is what we live in today there are no absolute truths i mean it, it's it's sad now in, in ezra 9 i'm going to read uh, pieces of ezra 9 and then go to ezra 10 and i pray this blesses you the way it blessed me it says this ezra 9 8 but now for a brief moment grace has been shown from the lord our god to leave us an escaped remnant and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our bondage. He, God Almighty, is going to leave us an escaped remnant. We escaped all of that other stuff. We escaped the deception. We escaped the fear. We escaped. We pressed in. We, we felt it, but we pressed through it. Okay. We didn't succumb to the fear. We didn't succumb to the loneliness. We didn't succumb to the lies. We didn't succumb to the being complacent, to, to sitting in church week after week after week and, and just going through the motions. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't stay there. Okay. We're this remnant of these true worshipers who are, who are sitting there and feeling alone. Okay. Get that. They have escaped all of that. Those, those, those things to pull us and draw us away from the almighty worship and being in his presence. Okay. So we've escaped that. And it says here escaped and to give us a peg in his holy place. Other word, other versions say to stand firm in his sanctuary. Okay. So you have these remnants that are in these sanctuaries that are in these churches and, 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 and some of them have been scattered. If you read Zephaniah, there's, there's a scattering of these remnants. Okay. And so these remnants, these holy worshipers are scattered all over and God is saying, I'm about to gather them. I'm about to gather my remnants. I'm about to gather them. Then look at verse 10. Okay, verse 10, one, this is this is what got me. Now, while Ezra, listen to this, while Ezra was praying and making confession and weeping and prostrating himself before the house of God. Okay, this is one man. While Ezra was praying, come on, saints, come on, prophets, are you praying? Are you making confession? Are you confessing the sin, your sins? Are you confessing the sins of your forefathers? Are you confessing the sins of our nation? Are you confessing the sins of our city? Are you confessing? Are, are you in his presence praying and confessing, confessing? This is where it's going to happen, y'all. Now, while Ezra was praying and making confession, weeping and prostrating himself before the house of God, when you get into his presence and you are confessing sins, you cannot help but weep. You cannot help but weep because the weight of the sin of, of, of human trafficking, of, of, girl, of girls, 16-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old girls being molested. When If that doesn't disturb you, if that doesn't make you weep, if the sin, I don't care what the sin, if lying, if, if your child lying to their teacher or lying to you, if that doesn't make you weep, if you become so comfortable in this, the world that we live in, get into his presence, pray and make confession. And weep and prostrate yourself before the Lord. Because this is what happened when Ezra did that. Woo, this is what happened. A very large assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel. For the people wept bitterly. Y'all, one person. 
one person in their prayer closet can draw men, women, and children. But I'm talking about in your prayer closet, praying, making confession, weeping, and prostrating yourself before the Lord, coming before him and saying, oh God, have mercy on our nation. Oh God, have mercy on our on your bride, on the church of Jesus Christ, on, on, on the leaders, on the pastors. Oh God, give us wisdom, God. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment, God. Oh God, help us. Are you weeping before the Lord? Are, Lord, are you prostrating? Are you making confession? Because when you do, people will be drawn. It says a large assembly of men, women, and children gathered before him. Oh, come on, saints. Let's start worshiping. Let's start getting into his presence. Let's start confessing. Let's start weeping and let's start pro uh, prostrating ourselves and watch what God is going to do. Watch what God is going to do. He's just looking for a remnant. He's looking for a remnant. Listen to Proverbs 1, verse 23. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Okay, in Proverbs 2, 1, it's, 2, 1, it says this, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. Are you crying for discernment? Are you crying and asking the Lord, God, give me discernment. Give me discernment in my marriage. Give me discernment in my job. Give me discernment. God, I want to be that remnant. I want to be, I want to be in your presence, not for me, not for my glory, but so that other people will be drawn to your house, that a peg, a peg would be in your sanctuary, in your sanctuary, that others would be drawn to you, to salvation, for yokes to be broken. We need a revival in our country. Okay. Are you crying for discernment? For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as, as for hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of wisdom. All right. He wants to give you that. He wants to give you that discernment. It's that the, the best gift, the best gift out of all the spiritual gifts is prophecy. He wants to, his prophets to rise up. He wants that. And you may be saying, who am I? Who am I? I'm not a prophet. There are prophets out there that are literally sitting in a cave lonely lonely in a cave and you have refused to put on the cloak you have refused to put on because the bible says in his last days he will pour out his spirit okay he is waiting for his remnant he is waiting for his prophets to rise up all right i'm gonna read a couple more zephaniah whoo another hard book to read but <laughs> zephaniah three twelve. but i will leave among you a humble and lowly people and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong and tell no lies, nor will a deceitful tongue be found in their mouths, for they will feed and lie down with no one to make them tremble. Are you humble? Are you in a lowly place? Are you taking refuge in the name of the Lord when you're walking through this lonely season? Are you putting your face flat down on the carpet, sobbing, weeping, prostrating before the Lord. Yes, I know it's lonely. Yes, I know it's hard. But the Lord is saying, just seek me. Seek me. Come into my presence. And just like Elijah, when he was in his when he was in his great time, his great moment, and then then the next chapter he's in a cave and the Lord is saying, come out. He, he you can hear him in a whisper. Yes, he can talk to you in, in a thunder and yes, he can. But there are times where God just wants to quiet you. God wants to get you into a lonely place. Because here's the thing about loneliness. When you're lonely, 
And with man, that should be your most intimate time with the Lord. Oh, come on. When you are lonely with man, your intimacy with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with God, with the triune God, that is the time where you should be in your prayer closet seeking the Lord and saying, yes, God, I'm lonely on the, on, on horizontally, but vertically I am, I am tapped into you and watch him whisper to you. Watch him give you those sweet kisses that'll get you through another day. Just one day. Some of you are hanging on by a thread. Some of you are parenting by a thread. Some of you are going to work by a thread. And the Lord is just saying, fall prostrate before me, put aside the busyness, put aside the busyness and just come into my presence. And, and I'm going to use you as a remnant. He is searching for humble. Let me read that one more time, Zephaniah 3. But I will leave among you a humble and lowly people, and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. Here's the thing. I don't care if one person listens to this podcast and it blesses you. I'm not here speaking in my closet, literally in my closet, speaking to to have a huge following. I'm not here to, to, I'm here to bless one person, okay, with a humble spirit lowly that they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong and tell no lies, nor will a deceitful tongue be found. I have written in my, in my Bible next to this. I said, Lord, let this be my heart and my posture. God, let this be my heart and my posture. Tell no lies, nor will a deceitful tongue be found in my mouth for they will feed and lie down with no one to make them tremble. God, let that be my heart, right? Sometimes you, you, when you read the word, I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I have to personalize it. God, God, let my tongue not lie, nor will I make a deceitful tongue. Well, I have a deceitful tongue. All right. So let's personalize it. All right. And then in verse 17, it says this, the Lord, your God is in your midst, a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. When you're lonely and you're depressed, fight for that joy, the joy of your salvation. Step into his presence, fall prostrate before him, and just let him whisper in your ear and sing over you and rejoice over you with singing. I can just, oh my goodness, the melody that he must sing over you when you're in that lonely place, when you're in that cave, when you've put the mantle down, you're like, God, this is too hard. This is too hard. I've tried too hard. I've tried too hard. Okay. It's okay to put it down, but pick it back up. Trust me, I've put the mantle down many times, but you got to pick it up. You know why? Because your obedience is tied to other people's destiny. Your obedience. God wants to use you to prophetically speak into other people, to, to say the name of Jesus and demons will tremble that are in the room. God wants to use his remnant. And so he's saying, rise up, arise, arise, remnant, get into your closet, press in, fight through the loneliness, fight through the loneliness, because the cave is not your home. You are not meant to be in a cave. You are meant to be on the mountaintop in the presence of the Lord and come down and let the glory of the Lord shine on your face. The glory of the Lord that when you go into the ministry that you're called to, whether it's ushering, whether it's a worship team, whether it's 
uh, the greeters, whether it's Sunday school teacher, whether it's it's um, adult ministry, women's ministry, youth ministry, whatever the ministry outreach, whether you, whatever ministry you're called to, that God is calling you to do it with excellence. God is not calling you to go through the motions. God is not calling you to to sit in your in the back pew. God is saying, "Come to my altar. Come to the altar. Let things die at the altar." Because here's the thing about the lonely season: when you're lonely, that's where all of the the insecurities are going to die. And so you got to get into his presence and he has to shut down. Oh, hallelujah. He has to shut down all the noise that's around you. He has to shut down all that clamor, all of that noise so that it's just you and him, just you and him. Sometimes it can be a lonely place, even in your marriage that, 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 that it's not like you're fighting or it's not like, but the Lord has to even shut that down because he wants to get real with you. He wants to get close to you. And, and when you get into that place, when you get into that place where you're just like, okay, God, just me and you just me and you watch your marriage start thriving watch your parenting start thriving because you can't do it on your own you can't do it on your own but he's taking you to another level and so in your loneliness he's purging all of that stuff out of you he's purging all those insecurities out of you so that when you come out of your loneliness when you come out of that cave that you know who you are that you stand on the rock that you are a child of the most high god that you are a prophet that you are a prophetess that you are that the holy spirit dwells in you and that when you walk into a room, the room shifts. Something in the atmosphere shifts. When you take your place, when you know who you are in Christ, when you know the call on your life and you people will pe here's the thing. People will mistake it for, for arrogance, right? They'll mistake it for arrogance. It's not that you're arrogant. You are like so humbled and trembling inside, but you know who you are in Christ. It isn't your power. Because all of that power died, all of that stuff, all of that junk died in your loneliness because the Lord stripped you from, from all of that, all of that, the Lord stripped you. And so the Lord is just saying, okay, push through your loneliness. Cause guess what? On the other side of your loneliness, on the other side of your brokenness, there's healing on the other side of the loneliness. There are people that need your anointing. There are people that God is calling you to speak to prophetically. So push through your loneliness. Amen. Push through your loneliness and be that remnant. I'm going to pray for you um, as we close and just thank you for listening to this. And I pray it bless even just one person. Father God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I just thank you for this time. I thank you, God, for a remnant. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you that it comes alive, God. It comes alive, God. God, I pray for every single person that is going to hear this, even if it's one person, God, that is holding on by a thread. Oh, God, may you whisper to them. God, as they press in, as they as they seek you, God, just as Ezra did, as Ezra went and just sought you and prayed and confessed and wept, God, and was prostrate. Oh, God, may, may we be a people, God, a lonely troublemakers, God, that are troublemakers in your kingdom, God, that we are making trouble in hell, God, that we are going into places that no one else can go, God, that we are going into the highways, we are going into the byways, and that people, when they see, when we are weeping before the Lord, when we are confessing, when we are genuine, oh God, you are looking for genuine worshipers. You are looking for people, God, that aren't scared to, to, to worship you, that aren't scared to press in. They don't care who's looking at them to the left or to the right. It's just you and God. God, pe people are going to be drawn to that, not drawn to me. They're going to be drawn to your presence. They're going to be drawn to, they're going to want that, God. And so I pray, God, that you would help us in this lonely time, God. Help those that are in a lonely place, God. Oh God, that they would be on fire for you, oh God, that you would speak to them in a whisper, God, that they would create space. Here's the thing, create space right now. Create space in your life where you can get into his 
closet and you can pray because people look and they're they're they're, they're going to see you in the future and they're going to want that anointing but they're not going to know what it took to get through it and so i pray right now that every person that is going through the process of loneliness that they would not circumvent the process that they would press into their calling that they would press into their destiny god that they would press in god and be obedient god i come against uh laziness i come against aborted calling god i come against miscarriages i pray god in the name of jesus that you oh god would birth you would birth in every single listeners you would birth in them the ministry that they are called to do god god that you would raise up your remnant god that they would be a holy ghost fire god that would come through them god revival starts with me god we pray for revival in our land oh god i pray that each person each individual person would get into their place so that you can use a, a revival is a fire of god and god it only takes one match as ezra was ezra was one person and it says because of his worship because of that that people were drawn throughout men women and children were drawn from israel oh god i pray that you would use a remnant god oh god who are you that you are mindful of me oh god revive in me revive my bones god oh god confess we confess our sins my own sin the sins of my father the sins of my father's father the sins of my mother the sins of my mother's mother oh god we 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 confess the generational sins in our family we confess the sins of our nation god oh god send a revival help us to be that remnant god in jesus name in jesus name we thank you lord hallelujah thanks for listening to today's episode of the shift we pray there was a shift within you our world is ripe for revival and you are a remnant chosen for such a time as this for more episodes visit katrinvalencia.com. Let's go.